Yo. Yo. Yeah, I heard, give me one second. I got to take a piss really quick. What are you watching? Uh, I just turned on the TV. I was going to throw on the um, NFL, you know, the, or the ESPN, just the, you know, the the pre-Sunday talk, but yeah. it was on, it's, I guess uh, they were watching Food Network and <laughs> cooking some shit right now. Bobby plays. He's playing it up. Yeah. He's, I don't know, he, he's not, it's not his show. Well, I don't know if it's not his show, but he's with somebody else and they're cooking in like an actual kitchen, like showing yeah. a, a little recipe or whatever. It's not his beat Bobby Flay shit or that other bullshit that he's on. <laughs> All right, give me one second. Okay, this is called The Bobby and Damaris Show. I don't even know who that never, is, bro. Never, I never heard of it either. I know there's Beat Bobby Flay, but that's the only thing I do know. Yeah, give me a second. Where the fuck you go? This bitch. All right, I'm back. Had to finish turning the TV off and shit, and then. And take yeah, a piss. Oh, yeah. uh. Dude, I'm like. I got. Uh, Last couple of weeks, I mean, I mean, always working a bunch, but I've been getting home like you know at a decent time and stuff. And then like, dude, over here it's getting dark like at five fifteen. It's ridiculous. Same, same here, yeah. bro. Like same, same fucking here. Like at four, it already looks like it's like, yeah. bro, like it's already the like sun setting. Sun setting. <laughs> yeah, it's like fuck. Like we're running. Like yesterday, like at like four twenty, like or like four, like not even four thirty. I was like, yo, the sun's already, like, all the way out the picture. Like, it's all the way out the picture. And then I'm like, it's getting kind of cold. Yeah. And then, like, I left the yard, like, at 4.30. And by the time I left, and I was like, bro, it's like, I already had to turn the lights on in my car. Because <laughs> I was like, it could just it could just get dark at any second. And I don't want to be uh, without the lights, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's 
So yeah, it it, it getting dark way too fast. I hear you. Well, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving next week? I uh, we're going to one of my. Well, it's it's for, like I'm friends with the husband and Rache's friends with the wife. But I actually work with the husband. His name is Josh. He's that he's actually a pretty cool guy. He's he's the guy over here that he's been like wanting to podcast and stuff. And we actually started to record one, but then it was last Sunday and we were like starting to record at like at seven thirty and we got called into work. I'm not even I'm not Fuck. even shitting you, dude. Like you got called into work yeah, last dude, Sunday? Sunday night, like at eight o'clock at night, dude. What the hell? <laughs> I wouldn't have answered the phone. I'd be like, nah, fuck yeah. off. So it was my buddy Josh and my buddy Nathan. Or like, we're we're all coworkers and stuff. But like, we made like the rule: no work, no work talk. You know, so like, I don't even know. I don't even know where we were, where we were gonna go. I think we were just gonna talk about movies and stuff. Because actually, we were we were talking about like we were talking about what we wanted the you know the first episode to be, and then. We started talking about the movie Rhapsody, dude. And had I recorded that whole conversation, I felt like that would have made it for a good one, you know? Are they on fucking uh, Anchor? I know, I know Josh on? is. But he, you know, he, he hasn't recorded anything yet. And then, obviously, I haven't recorded anything yet. Other than, like, with you, you know? And then Rache, yeah. me and Rache talking about starting a podcast. So Rache set that up and, you know, has the name and all that set up through Anchor. So that'll be there eventually, just because like, like I said, now that, now that I see you doing it and, you know, Adrian's getting into it, like, well, Adrian, Adrian's been into it, you know, I guess like for a while, yeah. I'm doing it for my own reasons. I've got reasons, you know, I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, I have, I, I opened up the YouTube and the podcast at the same time, but the podcast uh, to me, it seems like it's easier to do YouTube. You have to record a video, you have to talk about something, and then you have to upload the video, and that takes yeah. a while. It's a bit more of a process. This, you just like, I literally just fucking go like if I'm trying to do it like once a week, which is not a lot, like four episodes a month, you know, just to get started. Once I get things rolling, if they actually do start rolling in a in a rolling yeah. way. Then, I mean, it'd be easier to get people, you know, just to randomly. Because this is basically a phone call, like what's going yeah. on right now. It's not that hard to have a phone call with somebody. No, you know I agree. Mean? I agree. So, and once it gets going, I mean, you get going in that in that aspect. Yeah. Easy. Um, but like I said, it's just that the process is a little bit more easier than doing like a fucking full on YouTube yeah. video. So, my YouTube, I've kind of, it's there. I've been doing my, uh, what I'm doing now, and I think I'm, I think because I was, uh, discussed this with somebody the other day. Um, obviously on Snapchat, I'm gonna do concerts that I yeah. go to for however long it is that I'm gonna continue to mosh or gonna continue to be hyper aggressive yeah. at shows. I'm gonna do like just how I've been doing on Snapchat. It's like my pregame, my pregame rituals when yeah. I'm there or before concert, get to the concert. You know, give every band, even if I don't like them or not, like they're due justice. Like, okay, this is cool. This is not cool. Snapchat it, and then I'm gonna move. Then I'm gonna show up moving into like the pit, the band I like, 
yeah. you know, their whole set or whatever on Snapchat, you know, just like their whole thing. And then as I leave, like my thoughts on, on podcast and but that Snapchat story, however long it is, five, ten minutes long, I save it and I, I just upload it to YouTube because I, I see the people doing that to show they go huh. and they just but you can totally tell they're just standing in the back. Yeah, or like up front. So I think one of the two. Yeah, I this is more of like a. I feel like I can bring a more first person kind of like take on the con. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could separate myself from those fucks like easy. <laughs> yeah. Because I would have, and that's that's what I was talking about. I was like, dude, I could have I could have the entire fucking thing. Yeah. Like the whole, you could get the whole experience on my fucking videos. Yeah. So I, hopefully that shit clicks for, uh, you know, and I can just do that. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. I, these fucks, you know, these fucks do like, oh, like they play, you know, they'll, they'll go to a concert and they'll record a band song. Yeah. Like a whole song and they'll post and they'll get like 5,000 views or 1,000 views. Whatever, yeah. But if could you imagine if somebody was like, "Well, I'll show you the pit. I'll show you the song. I'll show you, you know, up close. You know, you get the whole first person experience." I think I think I could. Do I better. Feel you. I just I don't Maybe. personally like. I think we've had this discussion before, but or I don't know whom whom to which I've had this discussion before. But I like I don't fuck with Snapchat, dude. I really don't like. I don't particularly like it. I don't. I mean, yeah, like when you send me stuff on there, I'll I'll check it or you know whatever whatever may have you, but I don't I don't be using it, dude. Like, I think that would be an interesting take to maybe like draw me into looking at Snapchat more periodically because right now, dude, I I don't like I don't hardly mess with nothing much. I mean, I'm on Instagram periodically, I'm on Facebook periodically, but like like for for instance, dude, and this this is my number one. I just don't like the quality that Snapchat has as far as like video, like I don't want to say like correspondence, but like what, like if you post, if you record a video with your phone, like as your phone's camera, that quality that you get is going to be a hundred times better than like what Snapchat's video quality is going to be like. Oh no. So then like, then you start getting into all those memes, you know, like the, that dude, uh, (laughs) Mr. Give a girl back. He had that one a couple weeks ago that I was dying. It was like the two kids in a classroom and then like one's like the bully. And he's like, at least my mom don't have a premium Snapchat. You know, that shit, dude, that shit's funny as hell. But Well, to me, like, I'm done on Facebook. I have been done for a long time. Um, yeah, I obviously still have it. I'm not going to let it go because... Uh, I, for myself, it's like, it's more of a, not a damage control, but it's more of a, like, if I need to get on there and, you know, people are talking shit or tagging me and shit, I don't make sure they're not tagging me and shit, you know what I mean? Or hype yeah. tags, like I have, you have to have it just, but I don't use it. I haven't been on there probably, uh, Shay had told me that I was tagged in something 
And I went to go look, but I didn't see the tag. So that was the last time. I don't know how long ago yeah. Shay told me that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I didn't see it. But that was like, that was like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. And I haven't really been on there since. Right. Uh, Instagram, I I don't post there either. I, I don't like that they, like, if I post the picture, then you can see, like, Everybody can see who likes it or whatever. Yeah. Or who comments on it. Like, I was thinking about disabling the comments on, on my Instagram. But it, but I don't post anyway, so there's not going to be much comments. But I don't want the comments either. Yeah. I may do that. And even at that, I just talked to people. Really, I was only talking to Trish, uh, you and Shay, and Adrian, this is like the only people I was talking to on yeah. there until, until uh, I decided to add you, Adrian, Jake, who the fuck, th- and Vince. And I, and now it, we, we, we've um, it morphed. <laughs> it, it morphed back into the Fontana family. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, I didn't, I didn't realize that those were the dudes that were in there because I was like, who, who is this person? Who are these people? Well, Wolf, Wolfman or whatever. That's, that's Jesse, uh, dude from Theophobia. Yeah, the singer, right? Yeah. Or those. Uh, Miguel's in there. Joseph is in there now. Joseph is uh, like one of the last persons that got added. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan's in there. Adrian's in there. Vince is in there. Uh, Warner's in there. And I think there's like one person I don't know that's in there. But I think that that's pretty yeah. much it. But I can I can kind of guess that it's, you know, it's who who we all hung out with back in those days. Bruh. Yeah. So the 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 family's getting back together. <laughs> I guess. Waiting for you to roll through around Adam's graduation. For real. <laughs> it, I, honestly, it's not that far away. Like, 18 months is not that far yeah. away. Yeah. You know, you know, Rache was telling me that um, actually, like, as a Christmas surprise, which was actually pretty awesome, should it, should it have been able to work, was trying to get us tickets. And actually, it wasn't going to be that bad for flights, dude, for whatever reason. It was going to be like 800 bucks for both of us, you know, together. Yeah, and uh, out of El Paso again, but for that weekend of the Bleeding Through show in December. But, but with so much shit going on with the house and so much shit going on at you know just in life in general, it just it had it been you know even January had it been you know January twenty eighth instead of December twenty eighth, we might have been able to make it work. Although. Um, there is a chance we may be going on a cruise at the end of January, but I do not know if I'm going to get the time for it, man. And that fucking sucks, dude. It does. Bro, I, I've had this discussion about cruises in the past. You don't do it. I, I've never been on a cruise. I've never, but the idea of a cruise is just total bullshit. Yeah. You wouldn't go on a vacation 
anywhere. Let's like let's just pick anywhere. Like let's say the Bahamas or or Alaska or anywhere. You wouldn't plan a vacation to stay in the fucking hotel the entire yeah. time. And I get cruises. You go and you land, and then you can get off for a few hours, and you can get. But basically, ninety percent of the time you're on the fucking yeah. Road. And if you want to just stay at a hotel, you could just go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I there's I would no like there's to do no it. fucking point in a cruise, bro. I would like to do it just because like I've never really traveled out of the country. I have my passport. Oh yeah, and, totally. Like, Totally. Uh, as far as you know, yeah, totally. Like, you want to do a cruise? Like, I'm I'm not against doing a cruise. It's just when you look at it in that aspect, I am against it. Like, there's other vacation things that I'd rather do. Like, going on a cruise and being on a cruise ship is like the bottom yeah. of the list. It's, I put it right there with, like, visiting fucking Utah. <laughs> Bruh. Visiting I'm, Utah or visiting fucking North, again, North or South Dakota. I'm still not against moving to Utah, but for now, I believe we are eyeballing Albuquerque just because it's, you know, closer. And, like, had we lived up there right now, dude, like, Phineas went through there a couple weeks ago. Um, No, actually, I think they're coming through there in a couple of weeks. The case train was there a couple weeks ago. Obviously, we went and watched Knock Loose and Beartooth. Knock Loose absolutely just murdered everyone. Like the airport mission in Modern Warfare 2, they just like mowed mow everyone down, dude. They played a new song. And I was telling you that night. They played a new song. I have it recorded. I haven't seen it anywhere. Not to say anybody doesn't have it. I, I just myself haven't seen it. It is a new song. And if that song is any indication, the new record is picking up right where Laugh Tracks dropped off. Bro. Like, you gotta you gotta see it from my perspective is like, had they just came out with another album of, you know, Laugh, Laugh Tracks, you know, I'd understand that kind of, you know, we got into that discussion about Hatebreed you know, years and years ago, like they, they released the same formula record, like five records running, you know, before they really, mm. really changed something super major up as far as like their sound. But I don't feel like, dude, they had like, it got like semi death for a second, dude. I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised with, it wasn't just the same formula, obviously same band, you know, same, you know, mentality, but, there was like some blast beats going on in there, a little bit of like kind of grindcore type feel, but just death, dude. And the Sunshine Theater was not ready for it. They were not prepared. By the time Knock Loose was done, people were stacked up like body bags, dude. Bruh. Nuts, dude. Yeah, but that that's typical at their show. Like, uh, like I've been into them now since everybody hyped them up, and I was like, okay, well, let me give them a chance. Yeah. And then, like, I immediately, like, you throw on their their Lab Tracks album. And Oblivion's Peak is a fucking... I don't know why. Like, I, I was expecting them to open with that, but I don't know. If, but they end with... They close with it. And well, they opened with it over here, dude. And people were already moshing when, the, when, like, the singer wasn't even on the stage yet, dude. 
like the, they were gearing up like because they have like a little they have a little intro that they have. Yeah, they have they have on their on their other albums. It's more it's more of what you would think a hardcore album is. It's got sound bites through it. You know, it's like, bro. That's how it, that's how it is, bro. Like, but they they end with Oblivion's Peak, and I'm like, bro, that fucking song is straight yeah. Dead. So they they opened with it, and like I said, people were moshing before. Like the band was just warming up still. Not, I mean, they were they were playing. It was like the the first steps of their set, and dudes were already like all the mosh warriors came out. You know, the crowd was moving, and then and then that was that that show. Like, because there was like a two week period or ten day period where the singer didn't play the shows because, you know, this, I don't know if you know the story, what happened, but his lady, someone in her family got like, it was a murder suicide dude, just this bad situation all the way around. So they left to go like have the funeral and like mourn, you know, and all that stuff just to be for their family. So Mm -hmm. I actually, I don't know for sure, but the singer, Heathen Gang on Instagram was posting that, the other bands filled in for him, like the like members of the other bands, multiple members of the other bands filled in for him while he was mm-hmm. gone. And uh, it, I didn't, I didn't see it myself, but there is allegedly a recording of Caleb Shlomo from Beartooth singing like four songs in a row for Knock Loose, and and for all intents and purposes, it sounded you know pretty all right. You know, obviously he's he's him and the singer of of knock loose is he's a whole other style but that happened and whatnot so but the the sunshine theater right it's the first show that he came back and we did not find out that he was back until like an hour before the show and uh but what like right when we walked in right i I finally got knock loose merch dude me and roche both did when we walked in i saw his lady at the battery or at the at the table, you know, where I don't I don't know why I just said fucking battery at the merch table, like with everyone else. And I and I know that that's her because I recognize her from his posts, but I didn't put two and two together. And like, while dude, because like only three bands played, that was it. Like it was Silar, Knock Loose, and Beartooth, that was it. No one else played. And Silar got rid of the fucking their hype. Oh their yeah, hype man. actually, you know what, dude? Like, I, you know, I, I, that's the taste that they left in my mouth, and I didn't like it. There, maybe because I think we talked about it that night. They, I think you know, like Wage War has a big sound. Oh, I feel Wage like, War has, dude. Wage War is going places. Yeah, I feel like Silar is a little is or Siler. I don't know why I keep saying Silar, Siler is the opposite of that not that not that they don't have a sound you know that's got you know some quote-unquote potential but i feel like they're seeing them at warp tour on a big stage was kind of like the Bengals in the playoffs you know it just disappointed mm. not very good but you know regular season Bengals silar they played in albuquerque and they actually maybe it was the acoustics of the room maybe it was just you know because they, they actually have a really good sound system there Siler did pretty good, man. They played the few songs that I know. And, you know, they did. They sounded good, man. They sounded clean and all that shit. So, like, it was during when Siler was playing. 
you know, we went and bought some merch and the chick was there and I recognized her and I told Rache and then Rache started looking up on Instagram and boom, like an hour before the show, he posted that he was going to be making his comeback that night for Albuquerque. And, uh, dude, it was, it was sick. Dude, even Beartooth, even Beartooth was good, man. And, you know, that's not really particularly my band. They were, they did pretty good. Um, you know, but again, back to where first started, I feel like Albuquerque is where we could potentially eyeball. I don't know. I know August Burns Red and Fit for a King come through Odessa in a couple of months, and I'm I'm eyeballing that because it's close, dude. I mean, it's the closest thing we're going to get. And I like Fit for a King, and even though I don't particularly like or dislike August Burns Red, aside from their Christmas album, which I've been on on a loop at work, I... <laughs> <laughs> I I will watch them because it is something right here. And you know, Rache and I had talked about Phineas went on tour with Like Moss the Flame and I'm not sure who else they were, but we would have gone to that show because one I like Phineas and even though I don't like Like Moss the Flame, but they you know, it's just a concert. It's just one. I can't we can't be picky is what I'm saying. Not here. So yeah. Case string comes back to Albuquerque or maybe they come to Odessa, dude. That would be sick. They're they're not coming for a while. You're looking to wait until next year. Yeah, week. which is fine. So Yeah, I know the uh like I just seen them and it's like bro like they even even he was like California, I was like, Wow, it's been a while, not since warp tour last not this year, but last year I was like yeah, no shit. I've been I've been actually fucking waiting because they came out with their new their newer is the albums, you know, Grave Bloom. Yeah. And I've only heard like them play one fucking song off that, and they have a like, big sleep. Yeah. Five five songs on there that I'm like, bro. If I hear any of these songs, I'm bringing the fucking <laughs> I'm bringing it. <laughs> but they they haven't been back out here, and they're not gonna come back for. And then they they did play the. But it was a continent tour, and I was like, bro. Yeah. I got to relive. You know, I picked up the AK stream right as 3750 was, like, on its last run. That was their last run of 3750. Uh, as soon as the Dead Walk dropped, you know, I went and got it, and I fucking hammered that album out. Like, I don't know. For, like, a year or more straight. Yeah. And then I we I think we went to go watch them, or I think I went to go watch them. And it, like they've been a ruckus. That band has been a fucking ruckus since then. Yeah. Even since when I first saw them play, and they were like the second band to play. Uh, when they were little, you know, car bomb and shit, bro. You can't. <laughs> I wonder how else songs are supposed to be written. There was a time when they used to open and close with car bomb. <laughs> No, and then and then they would do car bomb and just fucking play it slower. <laughs> they would tactical nuke it, dude. Before before it was tactical nuke, like they would play car bomb for seven minutes, dude. Right. I, I don't know, like they they, I mean, and that's a credit to the singer, you know. That's a credit. That's a credit to him, man, because I think he understands. He understood back then what it was that was going on, like. 
how to separate himself. Yeah. And then I think he's they. I think that band and he because I, you know he's like I think it's him and there. I think there's there may be one original member. No, there. he's the last one. Or he's yeah he may be but there's there's been a member since uh their other guitarist left, you know the other main yeah. one DL. There, whoever he replaced, whoever replaced him, that guy he's been there since then. And but you know the the ideas in, in the set list and what they're gonna play and how they're gonna play it that comes from that comes from him. Yeah. Well, actually, I I had read a interview with him from a couple months ago or maybe I read it a couple months ago and it was from like a month or a year before that and to his credit um, Death is the Only Mortal and I want to say Wormwood has kind of grown onto me a little bit over time because I like the production of it as far as like mechanics I just didn't some of the record I don't like because it sounds really similar but to 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 credit to give credit where credit's due, Vince as a singer and as like you know lyricist or whatever have you, I feel like he has always brought it. You know what I'm saying? But those records, there's like two or three records in a row that they suffered from what I feel is like lineup changes, and then where he was bringing it, and I feel like Warmwood in particular or Death Is the Only Mortal, that dude DL just phoned it in dude i really i legitimately feel like that because like one of my one of my favorite songs for them and i can't even you know i can't even get into specifics of it because there's a minute and a half or two minutes long period of the song that i feel like doesn't even belong there is time and death and god on death is the only mortal that song is so fucking good dude like the lyrics to that song are absolutely like on point with my mentality of the universe like i wear a watch even though i don't believe in time you know and all this shit and i feel like he just suffered through dl honing his craft in some parts and then there's like a minute and a half or two like i said two minutes in there that have absolutely nothing or no reason to be there but are there and (laughs) Like in the middle of the song, dude. So, well, I I look at it like this. They, I've only watched them play like anything off of that album like three times. Yeah. Uh, when they play with the mirror at the observatory, however long ago that was, uh, they played two songs from every album that they had at that yeah. point, and that was their set. They played uh, the mouth of the river and doom blade. Yeah. Doomblade, I've heard them play a couple of times, and Doomblade is to me the best song on that album, only because you're probably right. That was the most well put together song that they had yeah. on the album, and then just from there, like you know, the lyrics are there. There is some beats there, but it just seemed like the enthusiasm of the band wasn't there, yeah. and it's totally tell. You could totally tell because. When Coma Witch, you know, not that Death is the Only Mortal took a lot, like, from the band. Because it, you got to think in those times, too, like, shit was kind of, like, it was kind of, I don't know what, that was when a lot of metal and a lot of hardcore bands, like, in general, fucking quit. Yeah. 
Like there was a there was a few years where it seemed like everybody and every band was not even touring in the United States. They were fucking, and a lot of bands still do this. Like Walls of Jericho and bands will tour in Europe and they won't tour here for whatever reason. Yeah, Madball does that. Um, Terror was doing that. All kinds of bands do that. They just weren't touring here, and I don't know if it was a money thing or if it was just like. Nobody will book us. So there, a lot of bands weren't coming around. And the Acacia Strain in general, like, they came out with that album. And then they did the California Metal Fest, where it was, like, Bleeding Through, Kill Switch, Suicide Silence, and all those bands, like, yeah. were here. And I went to go watch them. And they played that song, Doomblade, there. And then the next time I seen them, they played Doomblade. And that was it from that album. And then the one time that we seen them at the observatory, yeah. And they played Doomblade in the mouth of the river, and I was like, okay. But they just completely skipped over that album. But as <laughs> Coma Witch came out, yeah, the the enthusiasm was back, dude. Like Coma Witch starts off with the ruckus. Uh, he's crafted. He crafted. I don't know, like seven good songs on that album, and then. The ending of the album, you know, The Observer, like, I don't know if he was fucking around or if, but I felt like they really turned the page there. Like, The Observer kind of reminds me of, like, that old style of what they used to be. Like, because they have, they have, even though he, that they bring the death, there's, <laughs> there's an element of, like, actual creative music in there, like. You know, like like I talked about last, I'm like, you know, Halicon. There's a there's a bunch of other songs that are musically there, and that's to me that's what suffered on Warmwood, and Death is the Only More. They didn't have the that aspect to those albums. Yeah. It was more of like a somber feel to the songs. They weren't necessarily slow songs, but they're more of like a, a lighter pace. Yeah. And I, and Coma Witch brought that back, and Grave Bloom has that as well. Grave Bloom has that in like two or three instances, and like I said, I I don't know if they're ever gonna fucking do a tour for Grave Bloom. I'm like, fuck, bro, like, <laughs> what? They got songs on there that I'm like, like Grave Bloom, the song itself, the actual title track, is fucking monstrous. Bro. Yeah, like that's like my second favorite song on the album. They need to do like a 15 year tour for 3750, dude, because that album's not getting no love. Well, you know what? I, I, cause I'm on Twitter and I follow that. I followed him on Twitter and he said, no, <laughs> <laughs> there was somebody was like, cause he was like, okay, continent tour done. What next? Wormwood, you know, and he just put up a big X like Wormwood for 10 year. And, uh, I chimed in and I was like, hold on, bro. You can't fucking jump. Because the, the dude went from Halloween and he jumped right into Christmas. <laughs> and he's been going on and on about that, about people not letting him live his life. And, oh, dude, I feel that. I feel the pain. And I'm like, all right. So, like, I chimed in and I was like, hold on, bro. You can't go from continent to Wormwood. We, we haven't even passed Thanksgiving yet. Slow down. Take it one week at a time. And he was like, that's it. We're not doing a Wormwood 10-year run because of this tweet. <laughs> I was like, it's all, I was like, it's all good. I was like, you guys played the Beast in Tactical Nuke now. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. 
And people were like, thanks a lot, bro. I was like, whatever. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know, like... (laughs) It went from Halloween straight to Christmas? Yeah. Can't fucking do that. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, it's it's what it is, man. Like, knock loose... uh, yeah, I'm, their hope their sound is gonna. Ho- hopefully, they get bigger. Wage War sound is huge, bro. Like, if you were if you were blind and you and you didn't know any of the bands that played when I went to go see Stick to Your Guns, Wage War, Emir and Sanction, Wage War, you would you would assume is the biggest band there. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a hair slower, like the music is a hair slower in a sense or if it's you know I don't know but they just have whoever is producing those records they have a bigger sound they totally separate themselves from everybody just on the the quality of the sound of yeah who they are yeah 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 I mean I do like it man and like I said you know getting getting past this past warp tour i was actually glad that we got to watch them because you know they're they are a band i've kept my eye on for you know periodically over a number of years i had never seen them live before i never bought their albums before i just had listened to the music and i i i had liked them you know what i'm saying like i had had this like awareness of who they were that just wasn't a band that i listened to so when i saw that they were going to be on warp tour you know it's just like another another thing that you know we looked at you know we're going to make this work you know this yada 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 etc so moving moving to warp tour and then and afterward we would have made that tour in austin work you know that same tour that you went to mirror stick to your guns sanctions and wage war had wage war been to play any of the texas states but those were the only three dates that they did not play right i don't i didn't get that they went they got they got dumped off in florida and then stick to your guns and emir and sanction were the only bands playing in texas for whatever yeah well like emir had posted on (laughs) on instagram that because wage war had dropped off they were going to get like a full hour set which is emir played for a long ass time over here in in Anaheim, bro, I was like, "Fuck, they're setting up." Dude, ready. they they have like eight albums, dude, and every album has like four songs that they could play live at any time or, or more, you know. But yeah, like they completely bastardized the completed guy to needlework, which sucks. But yeah, well, that's that's a given. Like, like you will go back to the case and the case train don't play anything off thirty-seven fifty, yeah. really. Well, the the last time we saw Amir at, I want to say the Observatory. I think they played a fist fight with Dick Tracy, which is the last song on the Completed Guy to Needlework, and one of my favorite songs from them of you know all time. But they sprinkle one song from Goodbye to the Gallows. They usually play one or two songs off of. Actually, I don't think they've been playing anything anything off the respect issue. Now that I think about it, I don't think so either. And then, 
Felony, they usually play Sunday's Bacon or maybe one other song off of it. They play Demons with Ryu, which is actually off of uh, Speaker of the Dead. Yeah, they play Children of Cybertron. It's like my one of my favorite songs. Yeah, like me. Children of Cybertron. Uh, and Solar Flare. Yeah, Solar Flare, Homicide. Demons of Ryu or, or Ryu. Yeah, they play those. Yeah, or they play they play a song called Four Three Words Four Poisons or Four Poisons Three Words. That song is nuts, dude. Live, like on record, it's it's a pretty good song, but live, it's just it's a whole other animal. But the last time, I believe at the observatory, I think they were either gonna play a fistfight with Dick Tracy or they played like a minute of it, which was pretty good. But like back to the Acacia Strain. That dude, right? So the the guitarist they have now, Devin. He was the guitarist for Oceano, and he left Oceano under I don't know what circumstances. I don't know if it was immediately his departure. No, Oceano nearly broke up like a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, so, like they were not going to be a band anymore, and I think you know he had to make a business decision. Like, hey, this is- and the the dude himself. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram or follow him anywhere, but he's like a full blown like he just wants to do video games. Yeah, he's he does like Twitch. He owns or co owns a video game shop in Ohio. Yeah, they like specialize in retro gaming. Yeah, that's what he's. Yeah, retro gaming. Like it's pretty much that's what his like. That's what he's doing. Oceano is there, but that's what he's doing is his video game yeah. thing. And I think because I had read somewhere. Like before their latest album came out, that the band was like not gonna do it anymore. Like he didn't really even want. It wasn't even gonna be a thing yeah. anymore. So if that's where the Acacia Strain got their guitars from, then. But like I, I remember telling you back in the day, like I was like, dude, that dude came aboard just before Coma Witch came out, and I was like, whoever they had at guitars, completely blows away DL it, like they're the fucking guitars for that you know the K train has now dude that guy is fucking yeah dead. he is good dude dude he's fucking he, good he um, uh that dude DL he, he he has a band called legend dude L G N D and if you listen to the music it's not bad I just feel like he wanted to step away from that type of like heavy heavy you know, bring the ass beat every show, because that band is a lot more like. I feel like they are, like that era of Acacia Strain, like Wormwood, Death is the Only Mortal, mixed with like the melodic All That Remains and that type of of metal. And he just, you know, I feel like the Acacia Strain was beating a dead horse with him for probably two records too long. And I feel like, cause he, I remember we seen the Acacia Strain like four times in a row where he didn't even, he wasn't even on the stage. You know what I'm saying? Like he, mm-hmm. he didn't even, he wasn't even with the band and, but he was still recording the albums, which to me, that's, that's where, you know, someone along the line should have, you know, I understand like that's your friend, you know, this, or that's, you know, your brother, you know, you should have busted them for a long time. But somebody should have just been like, this is not healthy for a band. Like, like 
the one the one that I think about the most is The Truth by Bleeding Through. That album, though they made the songs all together and whatnot, the recording of that album, Brandon will say it himself. He's he said it on his podcast a time or two that it was overproduced because the band did not record the album in one place. Like he recorded vocals in one place, the drums were recorded in one place, and the guitar and bass, guitars and bass, were recorded in another. And you can't jail, dude. Like, you know, people like to say that, you know, you know, the music and the industry and all this and, and et cetera, et cetera. But you have to jail, dude, regardless of money, you know, regardless of circumstances, you have to jail because if you don't or if, you know, you change the process too much to some degree, your album will suffer, dude. And, you know, like you and I discussed before, I, I just found out that bands go into the studio with like three songs. And then they they lay down and record those three songs. And then they record an entire album of songs that they hadn't yet written. And I feel like bands suffer because of that. Because, you know, it's like, if you don't give your... It, it would be like if somebody told you, I need you to do what you do for your business, for your company. You know, you've been doing it for so long. You should, in theory be able to do this but when you have that pressure you know granted you're gonna still get the job done bottom line at the end of the day but if somebody gives you this guise of like now this needs to be done it's august the cd needs to be recorded by october you know let's say even even through september you're seven seven songs of the way there you have three weeks for four songs or whatever i don't know how long this shit takes you know just throwing out numbers there but I feel like Wormwood and Death is the Only Mortal and, again, what would be like the truth, though that CD didn't feel rushed, I do feel like because the band was at such a place that the quality of the material or the production versus the quality of the material, because those songs are good, dude. All those songs are good. I just felt like it suffered in the translation to some degree because, like, when when you're a band I guess and I don't know shit about music other than that I love to listen to it but when you're a band and things just aren't clicking you get uh, what I like to say is like the As Daylight Dies treatment solid album but it definitely was not the end of Heartache you know what I'm saying it yeah. was just the next step it wasn't a bad step it wasn't a great one it was a misstep it wasn't quite what it could have been because that's 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 just my opinion, dude. I don't know. A, mo- a lot of bands have that, dude. Uh, they misstep like a Lamb of God. I, you like Sacrament. I think Sacrament just lacked energy. <laughs> it was a good like, album, dude. It was like the songs are there, like the you know, foot to the throat. Like there's song, the songs are there, like. That like you said, they probably had four songs like left over from Ashes of the yeah. Wake. They had been thinking about, you know, and those songs really shine on the album. But the rest of the album seemed like they just kind of like filled in the gaps the best they could. There wasn't a, there wasn't an energy there. And after watching 
I think their their one DVD that came out after Ashes Awake when they like, you know, the band was fighting with each other and they weren't speaking to each other, you know. And it, it, the you could totally tell on Sacrament that 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 was really in there. They, like you said, they weren't gelling. The energy and the enthusiasm that bands usually have wasn't there. Uh, the same could be said, I believe, for Throwdown. At some point, you know, Deathless is just too much band change, too much new idea, too much not, uh, you know, too much turnover in the band. And the, yeah, that album, like I said, I've listened to it, you know, just to chill out. Like it's a whole different take on Throwdown, but it's they're like a, it's a whole it's a whole different band on that. Yeah. album compared to Vendetta, Venom and Tears and their and Intolerance, you know, and, and even going back to the older shit. Like there was a like even in Vendetta and in Venom and Tears, there is a even though those albums gradually went in that direction to lead you to Deathless, uh there was just too much uh roster change and too much going on with that band for it to be even like just because Dave's there doesn't mean it's the same band. Yeah. <laughs> and then he reverted back to Intolerance. And dude, Intolerance is good. I've been bumping that because it's so short. And I kind of, when I work out, I kind of time it. Like, I could get through that album through, like, one set of what I'm doing. Like, one, I do three sets of, I do the same workout, but three times. Yeah. You know, I have this this thing. And I can do Intolerance. The whole album in one, so it's like thirty minutes or thirty-five minutes, or however long the album is. Like that's how I just time it up. Like I can get it done one leg of what I'm doing, like in that album, and it's good because like I throw on Love Will Kill All, and that too is like thirty some minutes long, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do like three albums that are pretty much energetic as fuck, and I'll get it done. If not, I'll throw on Spotify and I'll try to just. It's kind of hard because sometimes I'm like. I get lost in the in the Spotify songs. I don't know where I'm at, so it kind of throws off the the timing of my workout. If you know what I mean, like yeah. like I said, I do three sets, so I do what I do three times, and usually take about a half hour. So like when I'm listening to the records, like Level Kill, like I'm like, okay, if if I'm midway on the album, I should be midway on my routine. And sometimes it lines up, sometimes it don't. So I kick it into higher gear, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Dude, love. I don't get love. Kill all was a good fucking album, dude. It was a good album. Yeah, I think I think they took a stripped approach to it, and that actually benefit benefited them. Yeah, they sound like if they're, they're a new band, but with the same flavor. Yeah, like the I think too, bleeding through their last two or three albums have been way overproduced. And I don't know if that's the mask. Uh. Or I don't know who gave him the idea to, or who, like, I don't really know what's going on, but, like, from the truth forward, you know, you get decoration, you get, uh, you know, I don't know the names of the album. I think Bleeding Through has a subtitle album, Bleeding Through. And then the last one before uh, Love Will Kill All, like, those albums are way, they're heavily overproduced. Yeah. They, there's songs throughout those those records, you know, that are really, really, really good. 
but I just feel like they they were trying to shoot for the stars a little bit. Like they were like, oh, we could add in like like layers of blast beats, and we can add in like all this synth, you know, synth to it, and like these really overproduced guitar solos and what what have you. And I, you know, that to that, you know, a band want to experiment a little bit. I don't got a problem with it, but it's just, it was way overdone. And then you get Love Will Kill All, and they brought it back down to like a, almost a this is love, this is murder, it's like esque type of yeah. feel. You know what I mean? Before the overproduced, where they're still a little bit raw, gritty, and dingy, but it's still got, you know, there's still elements there of what they've learned. They just they just really brought it back in and brought the production back to like not a complete bass level. It's not like they recorded it in their in their fucking garage, yeah. you know, on a laptop. But it's like okay, they knew how to make songs. They know how to get it done. Well, let's keep this raw energy. And I think that the album is phenomenal in that aspect. Like the energy is there, and the members that are there now, the energy yeah. is there. I don't think that they were getting drugged down by. Um, other members, other things, you know what I mean? I feel like Bleeding Through had a really bad streak of, you know, Trusco ended up just shitting over, like, on everybody yeah, on, on Brandon's podcast, right? He had talked about, I think he addressed it one time, and he was like, this is the only fucking time I'm talking about this. That they estimate that Trusco took like $600,000 worth of royalties from them. It's some ungodly, like unfathomable, because, you know, four members over 10 years or, you know, four, four or five members or more over 10 years. So, you know, you're talking about 80, 80 grand a piece for Brandon, Marta, Brian Lepke, Scott Deneau. Then you have the drummer and then you have Ryan Wambacher at bass. So you have all them. And then when Scott Deneau was gone, they brought in the dude that ended up playing guitar for Throwdown later. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? The dude from uh, Yeah, he uh, yeah, Jonah. But then there was another dude that recorded. I want to say he recorded. That song that has song the album that has the resurrection on it it starts with anti-hero i don't remember the name of the record i ha- I actually have it on my phone I yeah i think it's bleeding through bleeding through i think it's just called bleeding through yeah so there's there's the album with that there's a guitarist on there but they were already like not on trust killing more but you know still they had multiple members right so this all this all this shit all happened and he had said that as a joke, the living in New Jersey at the time took the band over to his house in New Jersey and said, look, this is the house that. And he said, yeah, they estimated that it was like $600,000 of like royalties touring. They, you know, they had to incur debts to record declaration that Brandon's dad had to take out a loan for them to record it and then just like this whole shit this whole shit happened right and i feel like bleeding through his fell victim to that in that 
the albums since what would be like your your truth and declaration after that i feel like they had like a bitter taste in their mouth for the music industry. So they were not going to do it on any other terms, but their own, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe trust kill never sat and told them like, you guys are going to do this or you guys are going to sing. And you know, you can sing. So now you're going to fucking do right. Cause like, you know, singing from portrait of the goddess to this is love, this is murderous. I feel like there was less singing on this is love, this is murderous than there was on portrait of a goddess, right? Oh yeah. So then you get to this is love, this is murderous and you go, can either go one or two directions and trust kill. I feel like they, not I'm going to say persuaded, but I feel like they were like, Hey, since you guys do this already, they like persuaded by maybe outside means you know, money, tours, you know, whatever whatever it is, bands they get offered these days. Or that in those days, I guess. Because that album's fucking old now. But they were like, so since you guys can sing and you guys can do this, and we're trying in the business of making money, you're gonna want to make this record anyway. So we're gonna set you up in such a way that it's gonna be more beneficial should you kind of curve into the road this way. And then that led to the truth. And again, I still say to this day, great album, way too much singing. So I can sit here like I remember I I was discussing with Jose one time and he was like, yeah, but you like Alive or Just Breathing. And that record has a shitload of singing on it. And I'm like, yes, that is true. That is very true. Very good. Well, there there were to me. Hold on before before to me. The difference between Portrait of a Goddess, This is Love, This Murders, and The Truth is very minimal at best. It's minimal. Um, it's a minimal. There isn't much difference, but I could tell you what is the biggest difference. Uh, and it's one that's going to separate the truth from everywhere else. They took out the really, really hard aspect of the album, like this is love. This is murderous. Has wake over Ryan has, uh, save your saint salvation had insomniac had, and then they took out the extreme hard cussing. Yeah, there is no bitch. There's no you know, <laughs> outside of I don't give a fuck. There's like really not much other usage of fouling. Yeah, right I now. feel like the album started off on a great note. For love and failing is a wonderful song. One of my favorites, and yeah, to me, to me, that's that's a song that kind of probably was already in their minds during this is love, this is murder. It's like they had constructed that yeah. song, and it wasn't going to be any other way. But then it felt like, outside of that, there's only like I can only I'll rip out your fucking spine. I think that's one lyric. Well, the, well, this is... there isn't many there isn't many other instances. If you take that in relation to what revenge I seek is. And what number seven with the bullet is? Oh yeah, like there's a fucking giant difference, and just you know what I mean. It's just that's the difference. There's not much different in the albums outside yeah. of that, in the the monotone production level of, but that has to do with with the record label how they how they view those songs. Um, that's just what it is. It, it, you can't tell me that that's not 
what it is because that's what yeah. it is. But like <laughs> I've I've had this not necessarily debate, but I've had this discussion before. Is like the truth is one of these records that though I love it, I love that album, and I and it, I have my particulars as far as like this not necessarily the sound of bleeding through but bleeding through as a band you know what i'm saying what this band meant for me like when you gave me that burned copy of portrait of the goddess like that record changed like the this the my life was at like a crossroads you know what i'm saying when you gave me a burnt copy of this album it like changed changed everything for me as far as like future wise right so then this eventually leads to the truth right and I can name like five songs off of that record right now that I fucking love. So like for love and failing, love and slow motion, she's gone, tragedy, empty streets, and return to cinder. Those five songs are actually some of my favorite bleeding through songs on there. And or like bleeding through songs, they just happen to be on that album. So I love I love that album. However. As much as I love that album, the production, to some degree, reminds me of Continent, man. And even though they're two completely different sounds, two completely different styles, it's just that the entire record is like one pitch. You know what I'm saying? It's one tone. Yes. Yeah, it's, mon- it's monotone. Yeah. It's monotone sounding. Yes. No, Continent... Every song I've now have seen every song live, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's they're the songs are fucking phenomenal. They're well written. To me, they every song you could fucking kick somebody's ass to. <laughs> and literally, like I was trying to do that, but it's recorded in such a way that it was like, or whoever whoever decision that was. To have release it. it in that aspect and not have it like a chunky sound yeah. and just have it like monotone, uh, they fucked up. But... Yeah, I am still of the firm belief that the current incarnation of the Acacia Strain, right, could take Continent, take this album, and re-record it, dude. And it would be the best album of 2018, dude. It, <laughs> if you can remember my Snapchat and how they opened up, bro, that. They opened up and fucking people were going fucking ham. And the song, The Behemoth, it's so fucking slow. Well, it's not slow, but it's a somber pace. Yeah. Like I said. Um, but it does have a breakdown in it. And it's, the breakdown is written so well. It's like it just a, like your, your most generic metalcore fucking song. Okay, well, I'm, but, I'm still listening. I got to pee really quick. I'm still listening. Though. Um. I know I'm over here fucking pouring me a glass of milk and I'm having me a, a, a cinnamon roll or a cinnamon bun thing. Bruh. Yo, though we made some last night, but I was like, yeah, yesterday before before we continue on with this fucking music discussion, yesterday, oh, I'm trying to build a dump truck. Uh, yesterday I was like, well, we have been at the yard all day, you know, all week and fucking like, is get there, we work. So yesterday I got there, and I was like, well, let me just grab some donuts because, you know, it's going to be me, Cedro, Lewis, you know, we're going to be working. So I grabbed a dozen of donuts. Mind you, 
I thought I was only gonna spend like seven bucks. <laughs> fucking dozen of donuts and two Gatorades came out to like fucking sixteen dollars, and I was like, <laughs> when the fuck did the donut places get a raise? Like, what the fuck is this shit? Anyways, <laughs> yesterday I had like four donuts. Yeah, bruh. <laughs> and not that I'm like was cheating on a diet or anything, but I thought them motherfuckers were gonna eat more donuts than they than I had originally thought. <laughs> And they just didn't. And, and I had ended up having four donuts. And yesterday when I came home, these buns were uh, just here. And I, didn't, I only had one because I was like, I'm not eating any more sweets. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the Occasion Strain, I, w- I want them to re release a few songs. I don't know if they are. I think. I've seen it, you know. Like I'd like them to re-release some shit, and specifically, I was kind of because of how monotone it sounded on the record. Yeah. But you've seen JFC live now, recently, and so have I now twice recently, and I'm like, oh yeah, that song is nuts, dude. I talked about this in my another podcast. You know what? JFC is not my favorite song on the album. My favorite song on the entire content album has been, I think, since the moment I fucking got, has been Baby Buster. That song has every element of what that band to me is. Uh, it's got it. That Baby Buster has the biggest breakdown in all the fucking in the entire album. Well, my my favorite out song off that album is Cracking, dude. That song is nuts, and it pisses me off that they've been they play it. And this is the only time they've ever played it live is on this tour. It's such a good song, dude. That song is that song is wild. Yeah, dude. So is so is fucking Skynet. Yeah. Like they played that when we saw them at at the observatory with Emir. They played that song because they Emir Emir and the Acacia had that beef. They had some beef over the years. Yeah, I know. Well. Vin, oh. it, it, it to me it is kind of true. If you look at thirty-seven fifty, and you look at how they opened it up, it, Emir did almost that. Uh, I don't know the name of the fucking opening track off of. Uh, it's called. The, it's called a ticket for the paralyzer. But that it, that to me is almost a fucking a car bomb esque song. Yeah, but they're <laughs> just, they're just different bands because like if you okay no so... they're they're totally different bands like I was saying. Uh, Somebody told me online that Emir is a deathcore limb biscuit, and that—that's fucking, <laughs> that is fucking absolutely true. Okay, but here's 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 where I can agree, but yet disagree subjectively, right? So, everyone has always compared thirty-seven fifty and Goodbye to the Gallows, right? As like these songs, you know, etc., etc., etc. They open the same, they close the same. They, yeah, I'm they not, do. I'm not and gonna argue do. that, but uh, if we're gonna compare time frame and can I compare like projection of the band, like where the band was at that time given. You cannot compare Goodbye to the Gallows to thirty seven fifty. It's just that those times at that time those bands were you know crossing paths. You have to compare the completed guide to needlework which came out like I wanna say like four years, three or maybe two two years, two or three years before thirty seven fifty. Now, if you want to compare those two albums together, yes, those albums are identical. Like they are close. They are, they are similar, but each band, you know, has their own thing. So, 
um, I don't, I actually don't remember the name of the song off the computer got a needle work that they open with, but it's, it's kids, right? And you hear airplanes and then bombs dropping and then it's the breakdown. <laughs> so, so I'm like, that's, you know, that's to me, that's if, you, if there's going to be any comparison, it's going to be the completed guy don't need to work and 3750 squaring, you know, squaring up on each other. And then it would be what is the dead walk and goodbye to the goodbye galaxy. To the gal- yeah. And well, the band, I, I get the comparisons between 3750 and goodbye to the gallows. Um, I, in my eyes, those albums are really similar. So whoever was in the behind the scenes, like, hey, make this song kind of like this because it's working. Maybe that had a, maybe that was more of an issue than the the two actual bands, yeah. because the bands are very, they're very, very different. They have been different for a very long time. Emir seemingly, I don't know if you want to, is it like Attila and they're in that sort of a vein of music. Yeah, but they're they're still have a they the dude still has and maintains a solid foot in the deathcore category or the metalcore. I don't know what kind of cores. Emir is such a unique band that you can't really classify. That's why I was like, dude, Emir is unclassifiable, and they could really they could play with nothing but a bunch of deathcore bands. Like Emir would fit in right well with Chelsea Green and Whitechapel, No Shannon on this tour, like. Emir has throughout the years steadily uh, fucking written like about fucking you know death and, and fucking killing missions and all that shit you know steadily they fit in but then again they also fit in with like fucking icy stars yeah they've like, always had like this weird can't explain it they could possibly fit in with them biscuit because the dude is basically a fucking okay. Okay, to put it to put it to and he fits in he fits in that that mold extremely yeah, well. To put it to rest. Okay. So this is according to Wikipedia, so you know me. Fact checking. Wikipedia, of course, bullshit. And that's 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 hyperbole, I guess. Right. So Goodbye to the Gallows came out in two thousand seven. Okay. Their discography starts at Goodbye to the Gallows in two thousand seven. Granted the the completed guy to needlework came out, I believe, two to three years before that. Right, because they got Goodbye to the Gals 2007, Respect Issue 2008, Felony 2009. They took a year off. Speaker of the Dead 2011, Slave to the Game 2012. Slave to the Game is the continent of Emir for me. I don't particularly care for the way that that album was recorded. I feel like it not necessarily was rushed. The production was off, therefore the album was off. So that's just me, personally. So then they came back 2014, Eternal Enemies. Then they took two years off for Look at Yourself, which to me right now is my favorite Amir album. Their newest yeah, shit? Granted, it is, it is the newest one. But since the Respect Issue, Goodbye to the Gallows, and Speaker of the Dead, like Eternal, Eternal Enemies was a great album. I liked that album. It was shrouded in, in controversy because. The first song on that record was originally called Bring a Gun to School. <laughs> and then they changed it to Untitled. And that song is literally about killing someone without mercy and literally shooting them. And uh, anyway, anyway. So Goodbye to the Cows came out in 2007. They had the completed guy to need to work before then. 
And Life is Very Long was released. And this is the Acacia Strain, September 2nd, 2002. 37.50 was recorded in 2004 and released in July 13th, 2004. The Dead Walkers released June 13th, 2006. So within a year of the Dead Walk is when Goodbye to the Gallows came out that next year. The completed guide of needlework, again, should be where, in my opinion, what should be compared most heavily to 3750. Because, yes, even though The Dead Walk and Goodbye to the Gallows came out a year from one another, those two albums are still, still, in my opinion, not supposed to be... Like, 3750 and Goodbye to the Gallows shouldn't be compared to one another. Because, like, The Dead Walk and and Goodbye to the Gals were close in a close enough time period to each other with both of those bands still having a record released before each of those respective albums. Again, I still feel like 3750 and completed, the Completed Guide of Needleworks should be compared to one another. So maybe, maybe 3750 was released first. I don't know that. But I know that those two albums are two of my favorite records from those bands. So, okay. and I like both of them equally a mirror was a different band then than they are now dude they really are like it wasn't until like well emir emir was still in the more of the vein of like metalcore and those yeah things. now they they are like your your what's the it's called trap core or thug core it may it be trap core it, but you can't really put them in the trap core because they still bring in the yeah. death oh like they they have they have lots of different sprinklings of like in, the dude from Amir, that motherfucker can sing dude he can sing well, you know what and I was Dave he, that has upgraded it because whoever he, he I don't know if you remember it was a few years ago now that and I think they kind of ignited a fire in the Frankie um, when all the members except him <laughs> they <fucking> left quit. <laughs> yeah because I'm telling you, like, there was a time I just listened to Ymir because you were listening to it. And I was like, oh, I want to see who they're going on tour with. Because I'm not against seeing them. They're not my favorite band. They're, they're more you like them. And I would just hear the songs. I'm like, oh, that's, that's fucking cool. You know, but there was a time where they didn't tour with anybody good. that I wouldn't have wasted my money to fucking go see those shows. Yeah. But I think. He's been brought back into reality. I don't know if it's, that's the right way I want to say it, but he got they all those members quit, and the, yeah, uh, their newest shit, dude, is in Shinjuku Master is fucking fire, dude. Yeah, I met that album is nuts, dude. The album is really good. Uh, Flag of the Beast is fucking uh, to me. That's like my spec. My that might be my favorite song on it, but it, it's it's between uh, Shinjuku, Master Lord, and, and Flag of the Beast. It's like my favorite song off the yeah. album, and it just to me like he had something now to fucking bite into. Like and you could totally tell the lyrics to the entire fucking album is like he's throwing it at his, the other members. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like I said, maybe that's what it took for him to fucking shake some shit off. Or you know whatever, but the man is you know the lyrics are there and the fucking the animosity is there and the music is followed suit. I agree. Like that, that album came out 
at a very strange time in my life where like I have found this like place of happiness. I found this this like contentiveness, right? This is true. This is very true. But as most grown adults, I am stuck in what feels like this perpetual cycle of constantly I'm not gonna say doubting myself but like second guessing what it is that I'm doing with my fucking life you know what I'm saying like I feel like any any human being that's gone through stuff could sit back and say like hey man you know maybe if I had done this differently my like my my number one that I beat myself up over for is not preparing for the years before me moving out here and now that I'm here and I'm knee deep in, you know, the life out here of working every day, trying to provide, trying to further my career, trying to move up, trying to just live, you know, and like right now I'm finding, like right now I'm finding joy in Red Dead Redemption 2. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, when I'm not at work and me and Rache aren't tied up doing, you know, house stuff, dog stuff, life stuff, like, like stuff, when we're not tied up doing stuff, I'm playing this game because it's, I actually haven't played a whole lot of games since I moved, dude. And that sucks because I used to, that was like my one of my favorite things to do back in the day. It was one of the only things I fucking did back then. But I, I haven't done it in so long that now that I'm like relatively enjoying playing this game for, you know, an hour a night or hour and a half a night. Um, this album comes out, right? And obviously it starts off pissed off because of like there's no way no one on earth is going to sit here and tell me that oh no Rush, the album starts off yeah rushed in hotel aftermath shinjuku master lord um there's there's like four songs on this album that are in direct response to what happened with the old members I I even oh, no, think no, I even think totally. flag of the beast is to some degree flag the entire it's the entire fucking album yeah. Like the lyric, he doesn't have like the greatest lyrical. Like he's not gonna throw at you like, you know, like a fucking Metallica esque song at you. You know the the lyrics are almost suicide silence ish, where they're they're simple. But I mean, he wrote down however much he wrote down, and and then like I guess when the recording process came, then they're just like, all right. This is the way it's gonna be, then you know the, he just ran with it, and it's good. Yeah, it's what it is. It's fucking to me. Like I said, like I I grabbed onto it, like not when it first came out, but I, obviously I went to went to go watch them at Warp Tour, and I don't think at that point in time, I don't know if the album was out yet or not. But as it came out, and then you're as, talking last like, year. Yeah, yeah. It, it had just came out. It's been out for about a year now, a little, maybe a little bit more than a year. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't dip into it till after I watched them at Warp Tour, because I was like, okay, well, they played Flag of the Beast, and he was like, well, this song is dedicated to like the Acacia Strain and Carnifex and a bunch of other bands, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let me check out Flag of the Beast and. You know that tickles that tickles me in my own, uh, in my own fucking way. Like I was like, okay, this is a good song, but I still, I'm a heavy like. Well, I don't listen to Emir. Yeah. You know, just 
randomly. I just don't. You know, that's one of these. That's something you do. You listen to them, and I would just hear the songs if I heard them. But at some point, then I heard another song, like Torch. And I was like, oh, I think I'll start listening to Spotify, the daily mixes that, you know, come. And then I decided, okay, I'll check out the album. Yeah. And then, like, I've been listening to it off and on, like, since, like, not, not, I don't know, maybe since, like, the December of last year. Yeah. Like, it's almost coming up on here, been sprinkling on it. And now that I've seen the songs live, like, this last tour was, like, half of the songs were off of that album. Uh, Gucci Prison. Yeah, that's uh, a good fucking song, dude. That's, like, my favorite yeah, song. Yeah, dude, they play, they play, they fucking play that live, dude. Bruh. Fucking as bad as fuck. They play Torch, Flag of the Beast, from Juku Master, the opening song. They play, um, uh, yeah, the Russian, the Russian, uh, Russian Hotel Russian Aftermath. Hotel Aftermath, yeah. They play that, dude, and I think they play the ending song. <laughs> and then they started sprinkling in uh, older shit. Yeah, but they did. They did all the new shit up front, which I like because I was like, okay, I've been listening to it now for you know I know the good songs. And you know what? The, the the album's not very long, even though it's like fucking seventeen tracks long. The album's not in itself not really long. Yeah. So like a, you know you run through it you know a couple times you get the you get the gist of what it is. The, it's written really well. Like I don't. I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest Emir fan, but the album is really yeah, good. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid fucking album, dude. It, it the, really the is. new members he, yeah, the new members he's got, you know, he had to create a whole new band like on the on the fly. Uh, the new members are good. Yeah, they play the old songs well, and they play the new songs as well as even better than they would than they do on the record. It just to me, Emir's caught up right now, and they've in this thing like don't nobody know what the fuck to do when they start playing <laughs> you you've got fans of like Attila you've got fans of like that type style of music rolling to their shows you've got dudes who only fucking like I said listen to White Chapel and they listen to fucking the Black Dahlia Murder and they listen to fucking yeah. uh Carnifex and they got those and then you got you the hardcore group of it and then you've got Anybody else like me who's like, okay, well, I know who Emir is. So you've got four different styles of p- people wanting to mosh, and it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. <laughs> they don't have a clear cut definition as what they are, and there's not a clear cut mosh. It's not like knock loose. Knock loose, you pretty much know this is hard. Yeah, you're going to get your dick and, kicked off. And this is it. There's no, you know, it's just different. You know what I mean? And not to say that it's like bad, like the band's gonna fall apart. It's just don't nobody know how to mosh correctly as it is. <laughs> and then you you add in fucking four groups of people who don't know how to mosh correctly. Yeah. And then they're trying to overtake the the mosh, and it's like it just ends up well, being a fucking. Well, mess. dude, check it out. So I, I I meant to look for it again, and I haven't seen it. But when it comes up again, I will I will I will I won't even bother to tag you, and I will just screenshot it and send it to you. Right, there's this picture of these fucking cholos, dude. Like Hector from the dude that plays Hector in the first Fast and Furious that plays the same part in every movie ever that he's in. Yeah, I know that guy. It's like cholos like that nature. And they're shaking hands with some like clearly like cradle filth metalhead style dudes, right? 
and they're standing next to a guy that looks like every typical hardcore kid right now. <laughs> right with the the black this like the skinny black jeans with the with the low pro vans on with the backwards snapback and then like the windbreaker jacket. It was like Emir concerts be like, and I fucking died, dude. It's yeah, true. It's true. It is true, dude. Because like that's the thing that that band. I feel like they have so much wide appeal. Like that band's not going nowhere, dude. Without no, that's why I said the band's not gonna the band's not gonna break up because yeah. they're having an identity crisis. If anything. They're gonna get now that they've. I think that the the lineup he has that everything is in a good place. Like I said, the quality of their shows and the quality of their sound is really good right now. So I don't think you know that's not going nowhere. It's not like the people are not gonna show up to the shows. It's just it's a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's what that's the thing that separates that band. Especially like when they go to Europe, dude. Like why they like they do they play the they're one of the only bands that's played the Empiricon Festival like four times or five times because they have such a wide appeal out there that when they play these festivals, they're playing in front of like fifteen thousand people because they have so many different kinds of people that like them. And, you know, then you have, like, your Attila fans that'll like them. Then you'll have, like, your Oceano fans that'll like them. Then you have, like, your Whitechapel fans that'll like them. Then you have your Gent Middle that's, like, real technical, real, real clean, crisp-sounding dudes that are like You're after the the burial. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, this is a band that could go on tour with the Acacia Strain and after the burial. This is also a band that could go on tour with, you know, Cradle Filth and Oceano and Whitechapel and like they could eat, they could just as easily have been on the the continent tour. This one with the After the Burial, they could have been on that tour. They could just as easily be on the Chelsea Green Oceano Whitechapel tour. They could be on tour with you know what would be like your Wage War Stick to Your Guns. They could be on tour with a number of bands, and there's not many bands like you're not gonna stick Oceano with. You know, you're asking Alexandria without it being a festival, but like actual tour, you know what I'm saying? Like that that band right. can fit. It the way that I describe that band is they scratch a lot of different itches of mine, and there's not many bands that could do that because like when I listen to an Amir record, I know like this is what even with new material, this is the image of the band that I have now, and they are gonna somehow betray that image in a good way i don't know what that way is gonna be but they're gonna do it you know what i'm saying like it's gonna happen regardless of even if i don't want it to it's gonna happen because it's if there's anything that that band has proven to me after listening to them since the completed gather new to work and then listening to them since goodbye to the gallows is that every record they catch so much flack like since goodbye to the gallows came out they have caught so much flack for you changed your sound, you know, you changed your vibe, you changed your, you know, your, how, you know, how the listening experience and how we go about listening to it and all this. These are the same people that will bitch about and a band releasing the same record over and over and over. Essentially, like, a, there's a, like, for instance, and I'm going to straight up throw them under the bus for it, dude. Thousand percent, thousand, thousand percent. You have bands like Asking Alexandria. You have bands like Icy Stars. You have bands in that vein. Or another one, another heavier band that's like that 
is this band called Upon a Burning Body. Not a bad band. They've just released the same album five times. Attila's done the same thing. Like they granted, they they have some really good material out there. And Franz himself. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. He's he's highly active yeah. on Twitter, like all fucking yeah. day. Franz talking the most shit is super talented. I feel like he so far exceeds the talent of the band itself. Because that band that I sent you, his new side project, Bone Crew, that album is nuts, dude. I mean, it's like five five songs that just, I don't even know what to make of this music. And that's him, dude. That You know what I'm saying? That's him. That's his dream child right there, his love child, whatever it is. But when you go, like, I've seen, okay, so for instance, one of the last times I've seen Attila, I've seen him at the Glass House. I went with, I want to say a handful of friends, or maybe it was the Fox Theater. It might have been the Fox Theater. They, when they play what they want to, or like when they want to, of the music and material that they want to, they are wild. Like they, they get down. That band gets down. I'm never going to take that away from Attila. But the reason, and now it's funny that Frankie and, and Franz are beefing with each other, dude. But now that we're here, I they're beefing. They've had beef for I guess the last couple of years because over some Instagram, Twitter stuff, and they've been like, you know, hashtagging at each other and then talking shit about each other. I guess last year, uh, Franz released this song called "The Call Out Too," and he mentions Frankie by name in that song and Amir. And then Frankie responded with. Why am I gonna pay attention to this child when I have shit his existence out ten years ago and he is just a carbon copy of who I am? And the reason I will agree with that over Attila, not just because I prefer Emir to Attila, Emir at one time to where they are now, it makes sense to where they are now. It you know, it it's different, yes. But anybody who's listened to Emir since then knows that this what you know his rap core what whatever it is that Frankie does. Yeah, no, that's been there since. Yeah, back. it's it's, it's there. been there. It's granted, it's in heavier doses to some degree now, but there are albums like Felony and songs that have. I mean, there's been entire verses where it's been him rapping. So this is nothing new. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna say Attila hasn't done that. But Amir did it before it was popular. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, kind of like the Limp Biscuit of the day, that style isn't for everyone, dude. It really isn't. You're either going to love them or you're going to fucking hate them. And, you know, their beef aside, I still, I like Attila. They put on a good live show. I just prefer Amir records and live because when you go to an Amir concert, or you listen to an Amir album, you know that to some degree you are not going to get the, another of the same records twice. That's my opinion, and I'm you know I make no apologies for feeling that way. You're never going to get the same song twice. You're never going to get the same album twice. You're never going to get the same feel twice because they can do so many things. So that's just my opinion. That yeah, that comes from the dude himself. That comes from the top yeah. down. That's just I think, and I think Frankie over. The- over the years has had a good take on that. Just like, just like I said, just like the occasion has a good take on 
what they are like and, and you have to these bands that have been around a long time like like hey breathe like like the cage train like slipknot you have a good take on who and what you are and what works and what your fans like and you craft you know your craft around that and then you're or you're okay yeah i'm at liberty to do a little bit here or a little bit there i can get away with this i can write about that i can make a like the case train like i said they they have most of the songs that they play are just it like you know fucking i can't forget ever i'll never forget when jose was like dude the occasion straight, you cannot just fucking play for a 40 minute set of just a fucking breakdown. <laughs> and where's the fucking pace? Like, you can't, he's like, you can't just fucking go to war for 40 minutes. And I was like, dude, yes, you fucking can. Yes, like, it's, you, yes, it's not can. for everyone for sure. It, right. It's not for everyone, but I'm like, dude, any fucking anybody with a fucking heavy metal conscious that likes your shit heavy, immediately the case train sticks out as one of the bands, like, as long as, you know, Live, they're not. You're not gonna. Um, that's all they. That's all it is. It's a giant fucking breakdown. It's just a fucking. It's it's just you're fighting for forty minutes. That's just what it is. Um, and like I think I think you know the, you know Vince knows that. You know Vincent knows yeah. that. And like and like Frankie probably knows exactly what, what he's got too. Just what it is. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna wrap it up because yeah. fucking both yeah, parts. Fo- I know football's gonna start for you too. Yeah, we're gonna start right now in about 20 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been getting texts this whole time from I may be having to go into work. I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to. I need I need a break from yeah. that place for the day. It's been a long couple weeks, <laughs> but so get it figured out. I'm probably just gonna play Red Dead until I either get told to come into work or not that'll be for another thing but okay so next time real quick next time you're not you're not playing fallout the new no fallout? not yet i mean like uh, we're kind of again we're in this weird place where like we have the money to do it it's just then now it becomes a should i because like dude i'm so no. enthralled in in red dead 2 right now that i'm not even gonna even think about another game at least yeah Ma? Yeah. What's hello. up? How's it going? Hey, Good morning. Not much. Good morning. Bo, get off me. How are you guys? Well, I'm just getting home from oh, church. Boy. Yeah. How are yeah, you guys we're doing? We're doing pretty good. We're doing we're doing pretty hard. Awesome. Okay. It's good. got su- super cold good. over here the last couple of weeks, so trying my best to survive oh. that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well stay warm. Tell Sky said hi. Uh, okay. okay. Bye. Go off. Go I've gotten so enthralled in this game. Like, dude, like <laughs> I got I got a few coworkers that are playing it right now and they're like getting closer well, fall out of right getting closer to the end of the game. And I'm like, how? Because and then they start telling me that you can travel by train, you can fast travel, you can do all that. Literally. The entire first playthrough, I am not gonna fast travel one time. <laughs> not Bro, once. I try. I've tried that. Yeah, dude. It's it's not a route you no, want to take. I know. Trust I know. Me. I'm like suffering because like there's there's one mission in particular that's like 
seriously, it's going to be like a 20-minute horse ride from where I'm at now to where I need to go. And that's if, like, I'm running the entire time on horse. It's going to take forever. It's going to take forever. And, uh... Bro, I didn't know about fast travel the first time I ran through Skyrim, or the first time I attempted it. (laughs) I didn't... I didn't know. I didn't know fast traveling was an was an an ability you could yeah. do. And honestly, I don't know. If, there's got to be something where if you play the game a hundred hours without using fast travel, they should give you a fucking yeah. They should send you a. Yeah, I'm not or doing it for an achievement or anything. <laughs> I'm doing it because, dude, this this universe is so alive. There's so much. Like again, uh, since I moved, I haven't played much video games. What I have played has been mainly like Halo, Gears of War. Uh, uh, in that vein, them two games I played sprinkling of Battlefield One, deleted it. It you know, I love World War One and Two. It's just the community of people that play these games. I don't, I don't, I'm not meant for that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm 20, gonna be 39. I'm gonna be 30 years old. 29 years old, gonna be 30. At this point in my life, I can firmly grasp the the idea that the Battlefield, the Call of Duties, the stuff of that nature those games are not for me they're not bad games yes i love the world war ii aspect those games are not for me dude those games are catered to people that they want to be streaming on twitch all day them racking up 30 kill streaks because they sit in one place all day and that's all they do me i want to i want to play the game for like the all-out war aspect of you know the fun fun i want to have fun where there was a long time when I wasn't having fun playing games. I was just playing games because, you know, I was competitive or, you know, didn't have anything going on in my life, I guess. But so right now with Red Dead, until the online comes out, I am going to fully rinse this gameplay, swish it over and over and over because, like, there's so much there. Like, you can go hunting animals to sell them to make money. You can go hunting animals to to craft new gear. You can hunt down legendary animals. You can hunt down legendary weapons. You can customize your guns. You can you can collect horses if you wanted to. You could hurt animals. You could do the missions. You can you can play poker. Like dude, Rache one night watched me play poker for like forty minutes. <laughs> That's all I was doing. Because <laughs> it's in the game and like because you know you get a pot of like five guys. And they have like four or five hundred bucks that you can win. The only way you're gonna win it, because like if you start placing too big of bets, the game will have the other people fold. So you have to win. Oh, yeah, that's that's typical poker. Anyway, yeah, though. exactly. Because they they assume that you're gonna have a winning hand, yeah. and you can bluff you can bluff people like that. Like I used to play. Uh, I have a WSOP. That's the World Series of Poker. Yeah. On my phone, I haven't touched it in like three or four months, but I. They start you out, they give you like a free $50,000 worth of coins yeah. or 50,000 coins, whatever it is. They're fake money that you got. But I'm at like, I'm at like 30 million now. Yeah. When I was playing, like, I, I stopped playing, um, you know, like the $500 bets. Yeah. You know, they give you 50,000, you play with $500 bets. It's like the minimum. But now I play with like, it's like $10,000 bets or, or twenty five thousand dollar bets. Yeah. And you put that, you know, you walk into the, you walk into a match. You know, you take like two million, or five million, and each 
each time the cards go around, even if you fold or not, you have to put twenty five thousand chips down or whatever. Yeah. So, like, I started doing that. Like, even when I had like three million to my name, like I didn't have a lot, but I would just go in there and just bet, bet it all because you know why not? It's not real money. Yeah. And the computer folds. <laughs> Or the people, you know, I actually think it's a community of people that play it. Most of the people fold, so uh, occasionally you get, you know, you do, there is some skill, like you have to bait people into it. Sometimes I'd have a really banging hand and I would just bet the minimum. Yeah. Or just like, you know, everybody checks. And then, uh, you know, and then somebody will bet like, you know, 100,000, I would match it. And I would just let it go thinking like, yeah, I have a winning hand. Like I have two aces and there's ace that fell down and then there's, you know, you know, whatever the case may be. And then, I, you know, you start winning. And then the next thing I know, I was winning like a million, two million, <laughs> five million. Like I, I was like up to 30 million. The, the, the fun of poker isn't there anymore, you know, because I, I felt like I beat yeah. it. Like we could do actual tournaments on it, but I don't want to because it takes a lot of time and... I play poker just, I would just play it just for fun. Like I play worse with friends. I would just log in for a little bit yeah. and log out. That's, that's what it was. But you could do, it's easy. It's easy. You just, there's, there's a little strategy to it. It's not, the strategy is not the hardest though. I don't, I don't know if you listened to my, my very last podcast. Um, where it was just basically entertainment topics, but I don't, I can't play. I don't play video games that much. We don't, me and Adam don't even really play the yeah. PlayStation. Um, then I was thinking about actually logging back on and hopping back on Skyrim and finishing finishing off Marvel Ultimate yeah. Alliance, and then possibly doing either Fallout, Red Dead, or the Spider Man that came out. Uh, I was thinking about getting one of those. It looks like a good over the winter when I got time, but we'll see what happens. Because I want to do it and then podcast about it that way. Maybe even do a YouTube video about it or something. Yeah. I haven't I haven't listened to your last podcast or Adrian's last podcast yet. I was planning on getting to it this week. Like this past ten days, dude. I'm I'm working on since we came back from Albuquerque two Sundays ago or three Sundays ago. I have worked every day since then. <laughs> Minus uh, today, hopefully, and I may end up working today. So if that's the case, it's gonna be since we went to Albuquerque till now. I've worked every day since we came back. We came back Sunday. And it's gonna be every day since then. It is every day since then. And uh, yeah, so like I just haven't. I I mean, yeah, I can listen to the podcast while I'm doing stuff at work, and I and I actually that's how I li- I caught up with your whole repertoire of podcasts so far. I think I've listened to all of them, but two, and one of them is your newest one, and one of them is one that I okay. So like narcissist, right? Adrian's, I get updates. Yeah, he's only got two or three. Yeah, I get updates for when his come out. I do not get updates for when yours come out for whatever reason. You have to go. You have to go to my little profile and click. Yeah, I have my favorite, but the the notifications maybe because I now have a second podcast favorited. Adrian's are getting the notifications, not yours. So like, Um, I'll see when I load up to see that Adrian released his new podcast. I'll see that little purple dot next to your name and next to the number. And that says that you have one new podcast or two new podcasts. So what happened was Adrian's last one that had came out, the one where he talked about pretzel. 
that had came out and you had released one like a few days before that, or maybe like a week before that. And I think I started to listen to it at work. And then like, I got busy and I had to put my, like I got a call at work and I had to put it on pause. And then I got tied up with a bunch of stuff. I never got back to it for, didn't necessarily forget about it, but it wasn't on the forefront of my mind no more. And then, you know, you know, throughout the night, close the app, whatever it was. And then, then I forgot which of the podcasts that it was that I was like, which one had I not listened to? Because it was older. It was an older one at that time. But like, I try to get into like, once you release it, to listen to it like within that first few days, because if not, I'll forget or I'll get tied up. Kind of like what's been going on right now. Working 12, 14 hours sometimes, sometimes working 10, sometimes working 14, just depending. Coming home, I try to sleep for six hours. That leaves maybe three hours of the day. You know, 20 minutes of which I'm showering, 20 minutes of which I'm shitting, and then 20 minutes of which I'm eating. So that really is realistically only leaves two hours of the day where I don't have to be focused on something else. And right now, Red Dead is an hour of those two hours or more. So, Bruh. yeah, just because like Rache knows, like, we're both so tied up and stressed out with stuff going on right now that like, you know, Rache right now is, is actually really, really enjoying, you know, listening to music, watching TV shows, you know, spending quality time apart to some degree or together, whichever. But mine has been Red Dead. So, like the the last podcast that you released, I want to say two weeks ago, like right when we got back from Albuquerque that night, I was listening to, I think it was the one where you were talking about, you know, some of your favorite concerts and you were talking about. Like you even mentioned, um, you kept saying my bro, like maybe two times. It was like old concerts. And you were talking about the sh- the showcase. You were talking about the showcase. Yeah, I was listening to that podcast while I was playing Red Dead. It was like ten o'clock at night. A couple, I want to say like five six days ago, maybe a week ago. And it was like the night or day after you had released it, and. uh I got, I was dying. I texted you that night. It might've been a week ago. Now I think about it. I was dying when you were like, for all you bitch motherfuckers that want to go straight from Halloween, skip Thanksgiving dinner, go straight to Christmas. You don't even, you don't even deserve Thanksgiving dinner. Dude. I was out in the living room dying. Rache thought I was having a heart attack, dude. Like I was, you're like, (laughs) you're like, you can't do it. You can't do that. You can't. What the fuck? Everybody gonna enjoy the fucking thing. You're like, already want to you're be like if Christmas. you're one of these, you want to, you want to go straight from Halloween music to Christmas music. You don't even fucking deserve to eat Thanksgiving. Dude, I was dying. I was dying. That shit was funny as hell. It's what it is. That's what yeah, it is. I'm definitely firmly one of them. Christmas music for me starts November first, ends December twenty sixth, dude. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. So like it when you get into the mood for Christmas music, right? It'll happen to you eventually. It happens to everyone. You usually don't like them. Yeah, it happens on Black Friday. Okay. So August Burns Red has a Christmas album. It is it is an instrumental album, all but one song. Right. Great, great album, dude. It is called August Burns Red presents Slitting Hill. Right, it's a good album. 
Solid State Records released a compilation called Midnight Clear. It is another, it's got like Fit for King, Osborne's Reds on there, Four Today's on there with an O'Manuel cover, which is nuts. That album is good. So those are two. And then I'll listen to like the Frank Sinatra Christmas album. Those and that Frank Sinatra Christmas album is like two hours long, dude. Every Christmas song ever made, he re-recorded them, whatever it is. It's some ungodly long. So between those three albums, <laughs> that's five hours of the day. You know, minus like, you know, obviously the Mariah Carey Christmas, all that's all mixed in there on YouTube. So yeah. I have been listening to a solid three to five hours of Christmas music per day at work since November 1st. And I'm pretty sure one of these days I'm going to just walk in and just get shot with a shotgun in the chest. Because everyone is tired of it already. And I'm like, dude, we're not even halfway through. This. We're not even halfway through the time period that this, this lasts for me. <laughs> we're 18 days of the 56. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Fucking bitch. Real. But, all right, man. For sure. All right. Until next time. Till next time. All right. All right. Later.